I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Yo, what up? Welcome to Tevez of the Bet. Today is Tuesday, May 11, 2021. My name is JC Tevez. Welcome to the podcast about my life and nothing else. But stick around. You might learn something new. What's up, everyone? Happy New Week. Sorry, I didn't release on Friday. Not gonna make any more excuses. I just didn't do it. Okay, how is everyone doing, guys? How's your weekend? All right, first of all, shameless promotion once again. Listen to Hala Hala Show. We talked a lot. We talked a lot about, uh, well, we, uh, we talked about what I watched this past week, which I will delve more into this podcast. Don't worry. Uh, but we did our TTs for the week were Miss Canada. Uh, you know how they're like the Pinoy bashers out there talking about Miss Canada. We talked about the, a new esports bachelor's degree being offered by Lyceum here in the Philippines, which I thought was, for me, that was like the thing that I had the most fun, fun discussing yesterday. Uh, we talked about the Norwegian chef, the Filipino Norwegian chef who shit on <laughs> Pinoy food <laughs> and uh, Melinda Gates and Bill Gates, uh, divorce. We talked about those are the TTs. So go check it out. Season two, mix number 18 is out now wherever you listen. And if you listen on Spotify, please follow the podcast. Oh, by the way, I never asked this and I actually have surprised to know when I went to go look at my statistics for this podcast. Like 800 of you follow this podcast and I've never asked you to hit the follow button. So I'm a big, you know, I like to say a big shout out to everyone out there who does, who already hit it. But in case you haven't hit it, you know, if you haven't hit it, baby, uh, hit it for me. All right. Thanks, babe. Um, anyway, what's going on? What do you have to talk about today? Let's talk about, let's, let's go back into Halo Halo, but delve more into what I watched this week. Okay. So. Superstore, I recommended the show Superstore on Halala Show. Dude, that show is so fucking good. But I had, I was, I said, I decided I think I can make a podcast episode out of my, uh, love for this show. And I love this show. I'm only on season two. I'm halfway through season two already. Actually, since I recorded Halala this morning with Rika or this afternoon, I've already burned through half of season two. So, you know, it's that kind of show. That's just, it's the show that keeps on giving, you know? It's a show about a group of workers that work in a superstore. Uh, superstore here, I guess, the closest comparison, because there's no Walmart here. In the U.S., Walmart is like the store, right? It's the superstore, like the biggest, like the 24-hour Walmarts. They have those. There's one that uh, that used to be my by my old place in, in San Diego, or in Chula Vista, rather. And... Yeah, here the closest thing, I'm trying to give you a mental picture if you haven't watched a show or if you don't know what a, like a giant super, I guess the SM department store is what you could imagine. So they sell everything there, right? But because the SM department store is usually multi floors, right? They have a third floor, women's, fourth floor, men's clothing. Here or in, in Walmarts in the US, usually it's just one floor. Like it's like a big ass warehouse. Think Costco. My Costco. Oh, SNR. There we go. Think SNR. So it's like a group or even landers, right? It's a group of workers that work in a lander slash SNR type store where they sell everything. 
and just the problems that they go through. Uh, usually it's problems. I mean, there's always some sort of conflict in the episode, whether it be a shoplifter in one episode or Black Friday, because Black Friday during Thanksgiving is a big thing. Uh, Valentine's Day, Halloween, they got crazy customers, they got crazy workers, their boss is super funny and kooky. Like Each character has their own kind of thing. Oh, that show is so, so, so good. I cannot tell you, like, if you, especially if any of you who listen to this have ever worked in customer service, you will, you will feel a lot of feels. Like, it's a funny show, but there are some heartfelt moments and some really powerful, poignant, oh, diba? Poignant, poignant <laughs> moments in the show that I think would really stick with you. I'm a big fan. And I think there are, let me go look it up. Superstore Wikipedia. Because Wikipedia never lies, right? Six seasons, 113 episodes. I am, uh, probably 20 episodes deep. So I still have like a lot to go. I'm so happy. Great, great, uh, cast. I've only really heard of one See America Ferrera from Jane the Virgin, which I never watch anyway. So this is the first time I've, re- I, n- I never even watched Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. So, or the sequel. Uh, so I know she's in that as well, but I've never seen anything with America Ferrera in it. And she's the lead, she's the female lead in this, and she is fantastic. Uh, she plays like a, well, must not just watch it, just watch it. And then the main guy, the white guy, his name is Ben Feldman in real life. I've never seen him in anything ever, but he's really good too. It, it's, um, it's a, it's a good, uh, it's a, it's a good show. Go check it out. Which gives me to the, before I move on to like the other stuff that I watched, uh, a little bit of podcast content. So, you know, I, I, I highly relate to this show because of the customer service aspect of it. And I know I've talked about my time working in a movie theater and whatnot. But the thing that really, and I, I feel like I've said this before, but just in case you're a new listener, just in case, because I haven't talked about it in probably more than a year now, because I can't remember when I did it. When you work customer service, it's really the people that you work with that make going to work bearable. And I think you could all agree with me. Maybe not just customer service, but in general, going if you're at a job that you don't like or you're not in the most glamorous of jobs, you're not in your dream job. One of the things that kind of makes you go, at least maybe not motivates you to go, but at least makes it bearable to go. Are the people that you work with. Uh, and I've seen this question posed on like a Reddit uh, uh, thread before. Like, would if you're a hiring manager, would you rather hire someone who was super qualified but didn't get along with your team? Or someone who's maybe below average or just average, bare minimum, but gets along with everyone? And most of the people who answered, like hiring managers, HR people, uh, answered on that thread that they need to foster a good work environment. And they would hire the person who's probably less qualified, but will get along with everyone else. Because it's true. When you work, especially customer service, where it's you versus the customer. I know it sounds bad, but it's true. Customers are the biggest asshole. And I try not to be an asshole, but I feel like just me as a customer, when I go to a store, I'm already the enemy. And that's just, that's not, I mean, that's just like the natural progression. That's just like the natural order of things. Every time I go into a store, if I take something from the, from the, like, let's say one 
cabinet, I don't know, let's say I'm shopping for groceries, right? And I go get a, a can of, I don't know, tomatoes or something, a tomato paste. And then halfway through my shopping experience, I'm like, ah, oh, why the fuck do I need tomato paste? And I put it on a shelf that isn't where the tomato paste goes. So in, in, you know, for the little things like that, for a customer, it's like, ah, oh, whatever, I'll just put it here. But I'm telling you, to the worker, they are like, this motherfucker couldn't go back and put it where it belonged. Now I have to do go backs and put this, okay? Stuff like that. I'm not saying I do that all the time. I usually, everything I get from the shelves, I usually buy anyway. But just little things like that will make you the enemy and you don't even know it. You don't even know it. You don't have to be an asshole to be the enemy in customer service. I'm telling you this right now. Uh, you know, I, I shared before my time working in the theater and how me and my theater coworkers, we bonded. Actually, Jasmine, who listens to this podcast, it was my former coworker. I'm sure she would agree as well. Like we would really, we wouldn't really necessarily talk shit about customers, but we would, we would bond over how difficult dealing with certain situations were, whether it be, you know, how messy a theater was or I kid you not. I think I've, this is true. I've said this before. Somebody shit in the urinals and one of my co former coworkers, I remember his name is Greg. He cleaned it up. And I think like a week later he quit. I don't know if it was because of the shit in the urinals, but I remember it was Greg who cleaned the shit out of the urinals. It's true. I will actually I haven't talked to Greg in many I don't even know if he remembers me, to be honest, but uh yeah, it was it was a time man. Uh it was crazy. Okay, so but let me go into my other job, which I don't think I ever really talked about. Because I always talk about the theater life. I I love the movie theater. It's one of my favorite jobs ever. But did you all know that I worked at Old Navy for I would say it I was hired as a seasonal. But I was offered to stay on longer. Uh, but I said, fuck that. <laughs> I was hired for Thanksgiving in tw- 2000 and maybe 13, 2012, 13 or 14. One of those years, I was hired for Thanksgiving. So Thanksgiving, right? when is that? November? Wait, I forgot. When the fuck is? When is Thanksgiving? I don't know. November, I was right, okay. So I was hired around maybe or before Thanksgiving, so maybe mid or early November. And it was the shittiest job that I ever worked. Now, I don't know if it was just the environment at Old Navy, but everyone that I, all my friends, my peers that have worked at retail fast fashion clothing have shared similar stories with me, like the lack of training and just like customers being such a pain in the ass like when especially the fit oh my god don't even get me started on the fucking fitting room like you know they'll try on stuff and then they'll say then you of course you have to say oh how do you like it can i get you another size and you're hoping that they're like no it's perfect i'll take it but uh no usually that's not the case usually they'll say ah uh, no it doesn't really fit me or could you get this do you have this in a bigger size so of course you know it's your job you got to go to the find it Find it on the rack where it is. Now, that would be okay if you knew the store, like the back of your hand, right? If you worked there for four years. But I worked there for a week, and they put me in fitting room. And every time someone said, can you see if you can get this in different size? I don't know where to fucking find it. This store is huge, by the way. This Old Navy, this is the one in in, uh, 
like the it's called Mira Mesa, like that area that Mira Mesa, like open open strip mall or whatever next to the theater actually literally right next to the movie theater that i work next to and it was huge bro i'm trying to compare the size think of I, I i'm trying to find a think of like mega fashion hall but not four floors just like imagine one floor of mega fashion hall like but with no thing in the middle like it just that surface area in sm mega mall that place like, the old navy was fucking huge right so whenever I would have to go, go grab clothes to, to, you know, to get sizes, first of all, I'd go there and then I can't find it. Then I have to ask my friend or not. I don't, I don't think I even had any friends at Old Navy. I had to ask my coworkers, my peers or worse, my boss. There's this one boss. I don't remember her last name. I just remember her first name was Desiree. And she was such a bitch. <laughs> Fuck you, Desiree. You're such a bitch. She was such a bitch, man. Not just to me, to everyone. And I talked to like some of the the new in- hires as me, as, as well as people that worked there for a while. Most of them didn't like her. Dude, I asked her. I remember this. Not word for word, but I asked, Hey, Desiree, uh, can you help me? Like, where can I find this? And then she gave me like this, uh, like this, how do you not know? Like, she didn't say this, but her voice and her facial expression was like, Oh God, how do you not know where this is? I, I don't think she sounded like that. I'm just saying, just to give you a mental image. How do you not know where that is, right? Kind of like that. Uh, and she'd be like, oh, it's over there by whatever. Uh, just remember, like, this is where all the blah, blah, blah goes. All right, for next time, okay? It's like a very condescending tone. So I'm like, oh, thanks, Desiree. Fuck you. All right, then I go to that section. And I would look for the clothes, but here's the thing where I'm telling you customers are sometimes the bad guy without being trying to be the bad guy. The clothes are out of order. Like the smalls are not in the front. The large, extra largest are not in the bank. They're all mixed up, right? Because sometimes when you take it off the rack to check it out, you're like, huh, not for me. You put it back on. You don't think, oh, I need to put it in the correct sizing order. You don't do that most of the time. I, I would say most most people don't do that. I do it because I've been through this hell hole of a experience. But most people don't do that. They just put it back on. Or for me, like me, I, I admittedly, and and I guess it's uh maybe it's just my my own fault. I worked at that clothing store for maybe three months, and there were even normally clothes, right? They're on hangers. But there was a time when there is also clothes that are folded, like just folded. And I don't know how to fold clothes. I don't know how to fold pants. I for sure as hell don't know how to fold t-shirts. And I think they had a folding method, which I don't think they ever showed us. But I saw some employees doing it the same way. I could never do it. I've never done it. So I would just hide clothes. Like I'd put it in the right spot, but I would try to like make it look folded. But it was never the right way. So there, another fun fact about me. I don't know how to fold any of my clothes. The only time I fo- my clothes are folded is when it comes from the laundry and they do it for me. I know, you're a grown man baby, right, JC? Okay, so back to my story, right? So I would then I'd have to find the clothes. So I bring it back and then they'll try it on. And I think this is more relatable to everyone. Like, ah, even though the size is right, it's just not right for me. I'll pass. And then, so you there's this whole rack in the back called go-backs. Go-backs is all the shit that you have to put back onto the shelves or onto the racks. So now I have this whole big ass card of go backs. I have this big ass store that I don't am not that I'm not familiar with, especially clothes that are not for men, right? Because you know maybe I've been to Old Navy before, 
and I shop for clothes. But how the fuck am I supposed to know where this sparkly tutu jacket is supposed to go in the little girl section? I've never been there. I would never go there outside of work. And, and, and so I would have to find it. So I, I, and here's where this is where I'm the enemy. I would hide clothes that I didn't know where they would go. Like I couldn't find their location. I would hide them behind big piles of clothes because I said, fuck that. I am not going to look for hours for something. I mean, I could have asked, right? But I don't want to be the guy that's always literally I had maybe let's just say I had 50 clothes that had to go back. I was only able to find maybe 20. So imagine half a rack, 30. I'm not going to ask people 30 times where this goes. Where does this go? So I did it my own way. So that's a story, right? That's a story about customer service, working in retail. It was awful. The worst job I've ever had. The most miserable I've ever been. I did every shift too, I think. Like I remember one time, and here's another part about this whole clothing fiasco. You know how fast fashion, every time, when's the last time you went to like Uniqlo or, or H&M? Now, I guarantee you, if you go to H&M, let's say you go tomorrow, and then you go in three months, the shit, like where you saw things in the first place, three months later, they're not going to be there. Either they're out of stock or they're out of fashion or they've been moved to the discount sh- aisle. So I remember there was one shift. We had to come in at like two in the morning and we had to stock the shelves and put the pricing on stuff. And then the, another week later, because I was like, oh, shit, OK, and now I know where this goes because I put it here. A week later, all that shit was gone. Another team went in at 2 a.m., rearranged everything so now how the fuck am i supposed to know where this goes there's no memo like there's no video tours telling all staff oh by the way we moved the you know the the turtlenecks to aisle seven or something no none of that it was such a difficult job it was unbelievable it one of the worst jobs i've ever had in my life terrible terrible Terrible. The discounts were fantastic, though. I will tell you this. I got 50% off, I kid you not, on Banana Republic and Gap, which are the sister companies of Old Navy, or they're all in part, of, uh, part of the same conglomerate. 50% off on full price items. I bought so much shit. None of that shit fits me anymore. But during the time, I was fly as fuck. And I spent more than I earned during my two or three months there. I was asked if I wanted to stay on past a seasonal. I said, fuck you. Well, I didn't say that. I said, oh, you know, I had so much fun working here, but I think I just have too much on my plate, which I really did. But if it was a nice job, I probably would have stayed there, you know, because they work with my theater hours. They work with my school. I was going to school at the same time, a college. They work with my school hours. So in a way, they were flexible on that. But just the job itself was fucking horrendous. I hated it fucking hated (laughs) so yeah that's my story about uh customer service so that's why i really highly relate to superstore a lot of the problems that i encountered there but also in the theater uh you know theater was customer service asshole customers uh you know customers who were weird co-workers who were weird and you know to come to that just a just a good time uh, watching that show superstore highly recommended okay moving on uh i watched the other thing i talked about and i think Rika was also, she was invested in the conversation as well, uh, but she hasn't watched it. It's Promising Young Woman. Now, this movie, for me, is the most, and I said it on the podcast as well, that it's the most uh, pop 
I don't know the word, man. It's like the most digestible movie out of the best pictures, I think. You know, it, it's like it's for the mass audiences. It's it's like uh, it's really it's like for it's like for Gen Z. <laughs> it's like for millennials, right? It, it, you know, I haven't seen The Father, I haven't seen Nomadland, but I think it's more of a niche market. You know, not everyone who watches Nomadland or whatever. There's only a few people that will really like. Oh, that movie is fucking awesome. But uh, promising young woman, it's it's like a, it's like a summer movie. It's like a popcorn flick. There we go. It's a fucking popcorn flick. It's a great movie. Sometimes difficult to watch, but it just it also makes me as a man uh, because the story it, once again is about a woman who kind of tries to get back at men for being assholes uh trying to take advantage of drunk women so she every night she drunk she dresses up and acts drunk and then when she gets picked up by a quote-unquote nice guy and they turn out to try to want to you know sexually assault her she calls them out on it right so it's made me question myself as a man uh just in general like about the things that i say uh, maybe the things that I've said are, are they misogynistic? Like, I, I'm sure if you're a guy, uh, like a heterosexual guy and you watch this movie, you might, you might be, I mean, I don't think, especially if you haven't done anything like sexual assault, right? But it'll still make you think. I feel like that's what the effect that it had on me because I was like, hmm, I never saw it that way. Huh. Never thought about it that way. Huh. That is something that, if I, because I never placed myself in the shoes of a, of a woman, I never really saw it in that light. It is a, it's a fantastic movie. Like, seriously, you gotta watch it. Uh, I don't know if there, I should give like a trigger warning or something, cause there's no really graphic, um, anything that happens. Oh, well, maybe at the end. Ish. No spoilers. Don't go, oh, do not, first of all, don't watch the trailer. I think it, the trailer's not misleading, but it doesn't really reveal much about the movie. It'll just kind of spoil some good parts for you. So don't watch the trailer. Don't read anything about it. Just know that it's a it's a dark comedy thriller kind of flick. Like it will it will keep you engaged. It will make you laugh at some parts, and it will make you think a lot. Great fucking movie, and I could see why it was nominated for best picture. Uh, I could also see why it didn't win Best Picture. But if it won, I wouldn't be upset. I'd be like, oh, that was a good fucking movie. So, yeah. Go watch it, all right? Uh, what else? Anapay Bay. Mm, crazy Ex-Girlfriend. I, I I haven't watched episode two yet, but I did talk about it in a lot of show. But it's a good show that I've checked out for the first time on Netflix this time. Go check it. Yeah, so I know a lot of you who listen, especially the dedicated listeners of this podcast, the very few of you, the chosen ones, uh, take my, excuse me, rep, rep my, rec, my movie and TV show recommendations, uh, very seriously. So I'm telling you right now, get on Superstore, get on, uh, get on Promising Young Woman, and then you message me on Instagram and you let me know that JC, you were so right. I love you. All right. What else did I want to talk about today? Mm, oh, I have some. I downloaded uh, just for in case you are a PC user. I don't know if this works on Mac. But just in case you're a PC user and you watch your Netflix on PC. And sometimes maybe you have a, maybe your PC is viewing distance from your couch. 
And sometimes you want to turn off your computer or pause the movie, but you don't, you know, with your PC, you don't have a remote control like you do with, let's say, a TV or a smart, like a, like a, ano tawag dito? Uh, Google Chrome or something. Ano? Google, ano? What do you call that? Chromecast, where you cannot control it remotely. Uh, I downloaded this great app uh, called uh, Remote for VLC. Remote and then the number four and then VLC because I use VLC player to play movies that I get online or whatever, you know, wherever you get it legally or illegally. Um, so, yeah, I it, it gave me the ability to a pause and even actually control my mouse from my from my phone. It's really cool. It can give me pause. It gave me lots of options. Like I could control Netflix. I can control YouTube. And I can turn off my PC, like, from my phone. So now I can be even more of a lazy ass than I was before I downloaded it. It cost me six bucks for the whole shebang for all the features and stuff. So, I mean, six bucks was that 300 pesos. Just, you know, skip your, skip your Starbucks for the week. Uh, and you can get one and i i really it has made my life so much easier like especially like for example for vlc uh, i can actually open files that are in my computer let's say i don't have the next video or episode queued up in my vlc player i can actually browse my computer files from my phone and play it like go to the destination and play it highly recommend it's such a good app i really really like it and it's six bucks man lifetime lifetime baby so yeah i got that all right anything else anything else that i want to say how long have i been recording 25 minutes i told you man if i can come up with a topic to talk about i can talk about it for 20 30 minutes no problem um yeah um i got an email inquiry asking about possibly sponsoring this podcast and i looked up the company they seem legit so i'm really hoping that they push through if you happen to listen to this you know who you are i'm not gonna name the company (laughs) but i think podcasting and i've said it on an episode previous episodes in the past it's really the best way one of the best ways to advertise maybe youtube is probably the best one i won't lie to you youtube is probably the most influential marketing uh marketing platform out there how would you rate okay you want to talk about that jc real quick how would you rate things that you have been influenced by on social media to buy something hmm youtube for me number one i bought so much shit on youtube Oh uh, no, so much shit because I looked up a YouTube review or I looked up a video of it in action on YouTube. Because usually, what do you see on YouTube? Tech reviews, right? Video game reviews. If I if it if it's on YouTube and it gets a rating and I like the rating or I like what I see, daddy's gonna buy. You know what is also uh, effective? Podcast marketing. Because if you're like me. And you listen to people who you eventually develop a connection with. I I think, you know, you start trusting in them. And if they promote something, you start listening. Like if you guys listen to me and I said, hey, man, McDonald's pancakes. They're having a three for one sale next Saturday. I guarantee you, you know, it's for breakfast on Saturday. Because you love pancakes and you love me, right? <laughs> podcast man i think i'm really good um i'm trying to think what else facebook i have never bought anything 
because it was shown to me on Facebook. You know, sorry to the Facebook overlord. Sorry to the the Facebook Jejemon trolls out there who maybe work 24-7 to make sure my eyes fall upon a certain product or a certain political candidate. <laughs> wink, wink. Um, I've never bought anything that I've seen on Facebook. I kid you not. Never. Or maybe I have. Maybe subliminally, subliminally I've seen it. But nothing where I'm like, oh, whoa, let me click on this. Whoa, okay. Add to cart. Never. Never. Um, I'm trying to think. Instagram, yes, sometimes. Depending on what it is. If it's a very visual medium or, me- uh, sorry, visual thing that you're selling to me. Like, for example, a really dope-ass t-shirt. Yes. I maybe, I feel like, maybe I haven't bought it directly through Instagram. I've probably seen it and I bookmarked it or I screenshotted it and then I went back to it later. Maybe I did a YouTube video search of it before making my final decision. I don't think maybe, only maybe visual things that I don't need a video review or an audio review of, of it is where I've been influenced by Instagram. But I'm telling you right now, and I, I I don't know. I hope I don't sound like a hypocrite for for doing this. But I, you know, I've been sent products to post on IG stories. I've been sent on certain. You know, I, I've had campaigns years prior before I developed a sense of morality. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> where I develop, you know, I've been, you know, I've advertised stuff on my Instagram in the past. Where in my mind, I was like, who the fuck is gonna buy this after seeing my Instagram post? And I know, and I know, I know, I know a lot of these marketers, because I was talking to my friend who worked for a tech company before, who, who gave me a little bit of a, a quote that I will never really forget. I mean, not word for word, but this kind of, it stuck with me, is that advertisers, a lot of them are paying just so that people will see their product. They're not hoping that you buy it. They're not hoping that you see this post and they're like, I'm going to, oh, oh, because of this post, I'm going to buy this. No. A lot of them are really spending money for eyeballs on the product, which I think is fucking insane. Like, imagine you having that much fuck you money where you can literally throw thousands of dollars or pesos in this case at influencers or whatever you want to call them on IG or, you know, KOLs, key opinion leaders. You can throw all these thousands just so that your followers, whether fake or not, will get eyeballs on you know this certain bar of soap or this certain uh, lotion or this certain soft drink or this certain candy right i mean that's insane to me but yeah so instagram probably like it above facebook lower than podcasts and youtube uh i'm trying to think you know what has been effective uh, in a indirect way, of course, everything relates back to YouTube is like blogs, tech blogs and video game blogs. I guess video game reviews like IGN, Games, GameSpot and stuff are still solid. You know, I would read those and make a decision. But now I've noticed the trend is that everything that's put into text now gets made into video. So once again, it goes back to YouTube. But years prior, you know, prior to the evolution of YouTube video content creation, um, blogs were actually really good for me. Like I would actually trust certain blogs or I would go to these blog sites that just would randomly post cool shit and I'd be like, that's cool shit. I need to buy that. 
for real. I bought stuff. There was this website called, uh, oh my God, I forget what it was called. But it would link me to products from a website called thinkgeek.com. And I actually bought stuff from thinkgeek. Like, you know, when in your, in your mind are you like, I'm going to go to a website called thinkgeek and look there. Never, right? You go to thinkgeek because somebody leads you there. And I was led to there by this website. I forgot what it was called. But it just showed like it would show cool cars. It would show cool clothes. It would show cool gadgets, funky gadgets, just stuff that was like, that's fucking cool. <laughs> so blogs were really effective for me. TikTok, you know what? I think TikTok is a fantastic platform for advertising. I will give you that. But it will. it's fantastic for peaking curiosity because once you start delving into making it a YouTube-esque video where you go into the intricacies of, let's say, a product, I would stop watching because I'm on TikTok to see, you know, hot dancing girls and cute dogs and maybe delicious food videos in less than 15 seconds. So if you keep talking to me about something I don't really know much about, maybe you got my interest from, you know, like the first few seconds, but I'm not going to keep watching that. I'll probably scroll. I, I, I don't know. Like, I think it's good for peaking interest. So what you got to do for me, at least for me, if you're going to sell to me, if I'm on TikTok, you show me something super like, let's say a nice shirt. Oh, no, that shirt's too easy. Uh, Let's say like a a new vlogging camera. So the first 10 seconds would be like new vlogging camera. Check out the footage. And he'd show me the most sick ass editing ever. And then the last few seconds is rated Rated top five by all these posts. Show like pictures of these established, you know, New York Times, whatever. And then say, uh, link in the bio below. I, I guarantee you, I'm going to click that link. All right. But if you make me watch the rest of the video, I'm going to be like, oh, man, now I got to. Because there's something weird with TikTok where some videos I can like fast forward and rewind with the scroll bar on the bottom. And there's some videos where it's like a loop that I cannot pause. I don't know. That I cannot like move. Like it, I, the only thing I can do is pause. Like there's no replay. I have to wait for the video to be over. So maybe that's one thing. I, I'm not really sure. So yeah, 33 minutes talking about random shit, huh? That's the podcast about my life. Thank you for listening, everyone. Uh, once again, hit that follow button. Listen to How Lotta Show. We have a Tress Letters coming out tomorrow. So do... Check that out. We haven't recorded it yet, but I'm sure it's going to be a blast. Send in your Letcha fan mail as well. And uh, please message me on the podcast Instagram, okay? I really love talking to all of you uh, on there. I've replied to every single one of you. I promise you, I've replied to every single one of you who've messaged me on the podcast Instagram. Not my personal, but my podcast Instagram. Tevez are the best. But you can follow me on my personal as well at It's Me JC. Uh, oh, shout out to Elgato, by the way. Elgato, uh, who I'm using the mic right now, the Elgato Wave 1 for this awesome, fantastic, banging microphone that we use on Halo Halo as well as for this podcast. Take it easy, and I'll hopefully record on Friday. Catch you all. Say it with me. Later. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.